0: Let us pray. Our loving God, open our eyes that we may see you. Open our ears that we may hear you. Open our hearts that we may feel you. Holy Spirit, come, we invite you to this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember the first time when I met John. I was serving at a Korean immigrant church as a youth director when John first came to the youth group. He was an 11th grader who looked angry and dark. If there ever was a youth I had been intimidated by, it was him. I mustered up enough courage to introduce myself to him and when I did, he scoffed at me and said, you can't be my youth pastor. You're a woman. I just knew we'd become best friends. <laughs> it wasn't long until I found out about John's situation. He was the oldest of six children. His mom ran away with all of their children from his abusive dead in Atlanta and made their way to Chicago. The troubling part of his story was that John's dad was a pastor was involved in a successful ministry. A few weeks later, John started to open up to me. He would call me and share his stories of abuse and ask questions about God and how to live a faithful life. I would have never guessed that John would be interested in matters of faith. He talked about his dad, a person who was supposed to love and protect his family, but caused them nothing but pain and grief. A pastor who preached God's word at church, but abused his family at home. It was obvious that John was in a lot of pain. On the outside, he looked tough and angry. On the inside, John was feeling vulnerable, wrestling with God in his sense of worthlessness. Neither John nor his dad appeared to be on the outside what they were on the inside. What happens when our inside doesn't match our outside like John and John's dad? When was the last time when your inside matched your outside? Today, we have a very strange text of Jesus cursing the fig tree. Someone told me, ah, Jesus was hangry. I don't know if you know that term, hangry. Angry and hungry combined. Hangry. Was Jesus simply angry because he was so hungry that he cursed the fig tree? Or is there more to the story? There are two things that happen in this chapter before cursing of the fig tree that we need to know about in order for this text to make sense for us. Matthew 21 begins the Passion Week of Christ. In the beginning of the chapter, Jesus makes the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey. This is where we get Palm Sunday as the people lay palms out in front of Jesus as a sign of peace, non-threatening and non-violent. The sign that Jesus is ushering in a new kingdom that is unlike the one Jewish people were expecting at the time. After Jesus comes into Jerusalem in a donkey, the next thing he does, does anyone remember? What is the next thing he does? The next thing he does is he goes to the temple and overturns the tables and drives out the money changers and says, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of robbers. (coughs) The temple was supposed to be a place of connection, connecting God with people. It was supposed to be a place where people could get a vision, a taste of heaven, of God's kingdom. It was supposed to be a fruitful place, but it had turned into a cold and barren place. Its inside did not match its outside. And then we come to the fig tree. Throughout the Old Testament, fig tree represented Israelites. Matthew specifically tells us that the fig tree had leaves, but no fruit. The presence of leaves should have been a sign that the tree was producing fruit, but the tree was barren. Just like the temple, The fig tree that represented God's people was supposed to be fruitful, but it had turned into a dead tree. Just like the temple, God's people's inside no longer matched their outside. Jesus has ushered in a new kingdom where what's important isn't the outward sacrifices and show of repentance anymore, but inward transformation that flows outward. In essence, What Jesus does by cursing the fig tree is to say, let me match your inside with your outside. Now you're barren inside and out. What about us? How much does our outside match our inside? There is a mountain that needs to be put into the sea in order for us to reconcile our inside and outside. It takes faith and faithfulness to truly match the two, to truly see ourselves and others for who they are on the inside, so we can bear fruit. When was the last time your inside matched your outside? On Friday night, we had a great time at Fearless Dialogues with Greg and Floyd, who came out to teach us about what it means to really see and hear people that will lead to transformation. One of the things you have to do before you enter into the room is to pick a gift badge based on what you think your gift is. You pick one of the five badges, connector, educator, healer, activist, or artist. When you enter into the room, each table is labeled as one of them, and you sit with others who have the same gift as you. Greg Ellison told us a moving story about what happened at one of the fearless dialogues they had led. There was a judge in the town who came to the event and picked the badge, Healer, and went into the room and sat down at the healer's table. A drug dealer in the town also happened to be at the event and also picked out the Healer badge and sat down at the same Healer table as the judge. Had it not been for the badge, the drug dealer who recognized the judge would have sat at a different table all the way on the other side of the room. But there they were, the judge and the drug dealer sitting at the same table. Then they were asked to share where they had, why they had picked the badge that they did. Judge Martin went first and said, "'Whenever an offender comes before me, "'I turn my back for a second "'and pray for that person and for the family, In that sense, I see myself as a healer. Dave, the drug dealer, went next. He said, well, when I come home, my dad's never home, and my mom's always high on drugs, and I have little brothers and sisters who are hungry and need to be taken care of, so I feed them, and I help them with homework, and I play with them. And in that sense, I guess I'm a healer. What a beautiful picture of people sitting together based on who they are on the inside rather than what they, what they do or what they have been told they are all their lives. This is the new kingdom Jesus has ushered in where there is no longer a mountain of barrier between a judge and a drug dealer, but we are truly seen for who we are on the inside. As Dave, the drug dealer, left the event, he stopped to say to Greg, this was the best night of my life. For the first time, I was truly seen. This must be heaven. I had a taste of heaven tonight. We cannot start to bear fruit unless we can embrace this new kingdom where the drug dealer and judge can sit at the same table to talk about who they are on the inside. We cannot bear fruit unless we embrace this new kingdom where our outside finally matches our inside. We cannot bear fruit until the church can be what it was supposed to be, a place of connection, connecting people with God, a place where people could get a taste of vision of God's kingdom of heaven. When was the last time when you felt like your inside finally matched your outside? And this is why small groups are so important. And you knew I was going to talk about small groups, didn't you? <laughs> this is why small groups are so important. If you have not signed up for a Lenten small group, please do it today. There's uh, sign-ups available in the coffee hour in the cloister. When you sign up for a small group, you don't know who you're going to end up with. But soon, you're sitting with a complete stranger or strangers on the same couch, talking about God and sharing lives together, and you begin to see people's insides rather than their outsides. And then you can go out and bear fruit together. I love the story of Buzz's small group that decided to make blessing bags for 5k challenge. Little bags filled with snacks, socks and hats for homeless people. They were assembling this at a nearby restaurant when the server wanted to know what they were doing and when they told her she asked for three bags, they gave it to her. And when she went back into the kitchen, the dishwasher wanted to know what they were. And she told them what they were and he said, Can I have one, too? I'm homeless, and I work at the restaurant two days a week, but that bag would be great. So of course, they gave him one as well, and he was grateful for the socks and the hat, which Gladys actually made with their hands. Small group of people using their gifts, going out and letting their outside match their inside and bearing fruit. This is what faith looks like. When was the last time you felt like your inside finally matched your outside? So John and I actually did become really good friends. I saw his pain and his struggle to live a godly life in midst of all that he was going through. The youth group had a separate worship service on sunday mornings we had a testimony time built into worship so that anyone who wanted to give the testimony could one day john told me that he wanted to give a testimony on sunday morning i was surprised and worried that he might say something inappropriate but i trusted god and trusted him and sunday finally came and after the sermon John got up to share his testimony. Naturally, he was a loner in the youth group because no one wanted to approach him. He was pretty unapproachable. So when he got up to speak, everyone was shocked. What does this angry, mean-looking boy have to say about God? He certainly didn't seem like the type to give a testimony. John spoke from the heart. He gave a very moving testimony about the terrible physical, emotional, and verbal abuse his family endured under his dad who was a pastor. And he shared how he struggles with his self-worth and accepting God's love for him and asked the youth group for a prayer. There is not a dry eye in the room. We all prayed for him. Not only were we able to finally see his inside, Our youth group was brought together as a result of truly seeing him together. From that day on, we could see his face literally brightening up week by week. And by the time we went on a mission trip that summer, he had become a leader in the youth group. When was the last time when you truly saw others? When was the last time your inside matched your outside? May your life and this church gather up people based on who they are on the inside rather than who they appear to be on the outside, like Dave the drug dealer, Judge Martin the homeless dishwasher, and John, so that we may bear fruit and become mountain movers God has called us to be. AMEN. LET US PRAY. LOVING GOD, DRAW CLOSER TO US AS WE DRAW CLOSER TO YOU. HELP US TO SEE YOU. HELP US TO HEAR YOU. HELP US TO KNOW YOU. MAY YOU REMOVE MOUNTAINS IN OUR LIVES THAT BLOCK US FROM SEEING YOU AND OTHERS for who they truly are. Remove mountains in our lives that block us from seeing ourselves for who we truly are, so that we may go and bear fruit. Amen.